0: Our first live mailback episode of Locked On Commanders, and we're getting it started with the most important position of them all, the quarterback. That's right now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome Commanders fans, of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day this is your daily podcast covering the washington commander so please subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes whenever they drop including these live episodes as we're doing right here today on this friday to help kick you off into uh the weekend hopefully on a good note hopefully you've had a a good week and are looking forward to an even better weekend it's raining out here where i am but hopefully where you are Uh, The weather is just a little bit better. I'm David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering the commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there or here or on Twitter at dharrison82. And I want to thank you for making this show your first listen or your first view of the day. We're going to discuss a potential training camp competition for the first time this offseason, really. Say goodbye to a fan favorite and revisit my mock Chase Young trade and draft. But first, we're going to kick off our first mailbag episode with the most important position on the football field and that of course is the quarterback position and our first question comes to us from brennan in the email box let me drop this logo here and brennan wrote wrote in to locked on commanders at gmail.com hey david love your podcast and listen regularly i also like the idea of a mailbag episode which should be incredibly entertaining i'm a 47 year old guy living outside of philadelphia but grew up on the west coast as a fan of washington since a very early age first a comment and then my question After well over 20 years of embarrassing ownership, we are mere inches from the finish line. I would prefer the Harris group, but really don't care at this point. It would be humanly impossible for anyone to screw things up as bad as Danny the Sailor Man. I am literally throwing a party when this sale is complete. Question, do you see Sam holding on to the quarterback one role and starting the season under center? I know there isn't much evidence either way, but I was looking for your thoughts. I've heard recent comments that Sam would have more more than likely Gone much higher in the draft had it not been the COVID draft era. I don't know if he'll be a franchise QB. I don't have a crystal ball, but I do recognize his talents, which include accuracy and quick decision making. Tough to teach those things. I'm going to save this email and look back after next year's season and predict Sam starts in week one and plays the entire season winning 10 games. My best Brennan, the lone Philly commander. So Brennan, I appreciate you uh, shooting us shooting me that, that message in uh, the, the email again that's locked on commanders at gmail.com. So a lot to unpack there. First of all, I appreciate you listening. appreciate you coming through uh, and viewing the show as well when you do. Um, 20 years is a long time. and yeah, hopefully that, that path is, is coming to an end very, very soon. League meetings beginning next week. Uh, so hopefully we get some some solid news uh, on that sooner rather than later. Of course, everybody, media fans. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of people probably working in that building uh, that can't say so publicly, but are waiting uh, on that news as well. So I think everybody's kind of looking forward to when that finally happens. As far as your question and whether or not Sam Howell will hold on to the quarterback one QB one role at the beginning of the season, front up front, yes, I do believe that Sam Howell is going to be the QB one when the regular season uh, begins. We already know just from what the Washington Panthers were telling offensive coordinator uh, candidates as they were going through and. And interviewing the guy, and then eventually uh hiring Eric Bienmi to be their new offensive coordinator, assistant, and head coach that they were telling everybody, like, you know, what's what's kind of your vision? What's kind of your plan if Sam Howell is the quarterback, the starting quarterback, because that's what he's gonna be be as the offseason program uh gets underway later this spring, and then obviously into the summer and then the early fall. So that part is already kind of done, and and we and and that to me is kind of the biggest part of whether or not the writing is on the wall that Sam Howell is going to be the starting quarterback uh, to begin the regular season because all of the performances you see even in training camp even in the preseason all of them have to be taken with a big big grain of salt because uh, and this is something that head coach Ron Rivera talked about several times during last year's training camp is there's no game planning here like the the Washington Commanders you know let's say they play the Baltimore Ravens week one in the preseason there is no game plan like they're not going out there saying okay how do we stop Lamar Jackson how do we stop or how do we counter their defense and, and put points on the board against their guys? That's not really what they're out there doing. They're out there trying to install their offense, figure out which one of their players can follow uh, what they're telling them to do. And so they're really just kind of going through installing what the Washington commanders want to be uh, from a char- characteristic standpoint. And then you're also not tipping your hand too much on playbook. So when you are playing through a preseason game, if your starters play more than a quarter, which, you know, more and more these days, uh, they don't even do that. Young quarterback, you might see a little bit more play out of him. Uh, Come the preseason, but eventually you kind of exhaust what you're going to do for that preseason weekend. You know what I mean? Or that week Um, and things kind of start getting a little bit repetitive, which really gives the advantage to the defensive side of the ball. uh, If you ultimately think of things. So there's a lot of other signs, too, though. So not just the early offseason message being tilted towards Sam before Jacoby Brissett uh, signed on. But we also found out shortly after the signing of Taylor Heineke out in Atlanta that the plan was for Taylor Heineke to come back to Washington. He kind of hinted as much in some Super Bowl radio row interviews that maybe a deal was kind of in the works or being talked about, but couldn't fully reveal uh, everything that was going on there. And then after, again, he goes to Atlanta, we find out that basically that was the plan. And then in a span of just a couple of days, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons come in and just sweep him off of his feet with this amazing offer, and he ends up signing with the Falcons. So if Taylor Heineke is coming back, Is the plan for a true competition or is the plan for Taylor to be the best backup in the National Football League, which, uh, you know, a lot of emotional and and morale support and studying and and communication, which is what Taylor Heineke provided to Ryan Fitzpatrick during the preseason that year, Carson Wentz during the stretch of this year, and then uh, even Sam Howell, the one week that Sam got to start uh, in 2022. Or did the Washington commanders really shift in really about a 24-hour period from the time that it was reported Taylor Heineke was agreeing to terms with the Atlanta Falcons? 24 hours later, Jacoby Brissett is agreeing to terms with the Washington Commanders. So what is the likelihood that the Washington Commanders pivoted in less than 24 hours and said, you know what, we're not going for a backup veteran. We're going for a true co- competitor as a as a veteran quarterback acquisition. I would say probably not very likely. You know what I mean? NFL teams don't tend to like to shift that quickly to a different direction. So I think uh, that most likely the, the plan is still the same as when Heineke was going to be the backup, and that is a veteran backup come in if sam doesn't pan out you have a veteran to turn to who's kind of been in those shoes been in that situation of having to be the relief pitcher uh been around a little bit and both taylor heineke and jacoby Brissett uh kind of fill those 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 characteristics i would argue i think some people have said that jacoby has better overall quarterback traits than taylor heineke does i would argue uh that that is true although i would say that from what we've seen from taylor heineke's leadership that probably is why they were going to lean on keeping him versus going outside the organization anyway so that's part of this. The other part of the conversation or another part of the conversation, Cody set starting for this team almost guarantees that this, this, this new ownership group is going to fire this coaching staff because ownership groups come in and they kind of immediately say, okay, how can we put our mark on this team? How can we determine this team's future is our future? Not necessarily how do we continue the path that we're already on. Not a lot of times is a team sold because it's just amazing, right? Like it's not usually your best franchises within your pro sports leagues, That are getting sold now every team gets sold for various different reasons unfortunately sometimes there's a death involved all these other things when you look at the washington commanders this isn't exactly a team that's being sold at the height of performance in the national football league right so it would make sense for a new ownership group to come and say well we want to we want to steer our direction we want to take the the new ship that we just bought it's already in the waters but we want to make sure that it sails where we want it to sail having a veteran older quarterback who's traveled and really isn't an established guy doesn't really have a long-term future, and I'm talking 10 to 15 years type of future. Uh, gives them more, more of a platform, I would say, to go ahead and make widespread uh, changes. But if you have a young quarterback, a second-year quarterback on his rookie contract, guy named Sam Howell, the fans love him. You know, if this comes to fruition, 10, 11 wins, playoff berth, all that stuff. If that comes to fruition, the fans are going to be behind him. The team is going to be behind him. He's going to have the DC, DC, DMV area kind of a buzz, right? do you really want to move on from that young quarterback? And if you don't want to move on from that young quarterback, do you want to move on from the coaching staff that is helping him have all this success, right? And I think those those questions go hand in hand. not saying it, it guarantees that this coaching staff doesn't get fired. But if you bring in Jacoby Brissett, even if you make it to the playoffs, this ownership group can still say, okay, well, we'll keep Jacoby. We'll, we'll do another one- or two-year deal with Jacoby. We'll bring in a new coaching staff. We'll draft a new young quarterback, and we'll move forward in that direction. And eventually, our guy will be – uh, the starting quarterback here in, in our mentality, our kind of image of this organization will take place. Uh, I look back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they drafted Jameis Winston. Lovie Smith was the head coach in 2015. Jameis comes in as a rookie, had some promise, right? Obviously didn't work out eventually, but had some promise. Uh, after the 2015 season, offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter was getting a lot of head coaching buzz. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired Lovie Smith, made Dirk Cutter the head coach because they did not want to lose that offensive coach uh, quarterback combination now in this situation could be eb getting a promotion to head coach and then ron rivera actually uh gets sent packing but you understand as far as the totality of the coaching staff their best chance of surviving the ownership change at the end of this coming regular season is to start sam howell and to find success with sam howell so yes i do believe sam howell for multitude of reasons and talent wise i do believe that sam could pull it off as well in a fair competition we're gonna know i mean you guys are gonna be there as fans at training camp the media you know we're gonna we're going to give our honest opinions of what's going on on the practice field. So if Sam is just clearing above, not the better quarterback of the two, we're going to tell you. You know what I mean? I, I, I like Sam. Got to know him really well. Um, but you know, if at the end of the day, day Jacoby's the better guy for the job, I'm not going. To sh- I'm not going to hide that from you guys here on the Lots on Commanders podcast. So that answer that that question answered. Appreciate the first question on our first live mailbag here on Lots on Commanders. If Washington could go back, though, would Ron Rivera still put Carson Wentz back in as the starting quarterback? I can't imagine he would, but will I change my post Chase Young mock trade draft when asked by one of you about not picking a specific position group of need? We're going to find that out right here next on today's live episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do so thanks to Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have your fan favorites, your favorite Built Bar, your favorite Built Puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. We're in the Sweet 16. I'm taking peanut butter brownie, cookie dough bar, brownie batter puffs, mint brownie bar, and you know I'm taking lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs because, to me, that's the GOAT. You talk about LeBron and MJ. For me, lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs is both as it comes for Built Bar products. And if you want your favorite to win, then you need to get in and get voting for that bar as well. Support your team, support your bar, and support your favorite Built Puff. And when you vote for your favorite Built product, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners are going to get a free box of Built Not only that, but one of you is going to get a free 12-month subscription to Built and have the best products delivered monthly straight to your door. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars you will ever try. If you have not tried them yet, you need to because they're delicious. Covered in 100% real chocolate, packing all kinds of protein, yet low in sugar and low in carbs. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now and vote for your favorite Built Bar or your Built Puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in and support your favorite Built product. Thanks again for making the Lock Talk Players Podcast your first listen or view of the day. I am your host, David Harrison. Put my name up on the screen for those of you joining me live here on YouTube. For those of you watching afterwards or listening afterwards, greatly appreciate you uh, as well as always. So, shout out to Brendan for that first question. If you've got a question that you want to get in that you didn't get in before this episode, drop it in the live chat or drop it in the comment box after this. We've always got another mailbag episode coming up, hoping to make this a weekly thing. Uh, But of course, in order to have a weekly mailbag, I got to have mail. So if you guys have questions uh, you want to throw in, by all means, drop them in there or you hit me up in email or in DM form uh, that we will talk about here later. So should the commanders bring in competition for kicker Joey Sly? And if so, who are the top candidates to do so? That's coming up later here on this episode. But Right now, we need to hear from Michael, who is curious about some of the other options I could have and maybe even should have considered. In my mock Chase Young trade and draft episode. So, in case you missed it, I did an episode just this week where I essentially asked the question what should the Washington Commanders do with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, given that they just re signed Deron Payne. Kind of went over that earlier uh in, in our losers episode of the, of the first wave of free agency and just the cap implications of trying to keep this entire defensive line uh in one piece and intact. To me, just does not seem feasible. So we did. What we ended up doing is kind of exploring the idea that maybe Chase Young eventually gets traded. There, it's happened not a whole lot in, in history where a top five pick, especially a top five edge rusher, is traded before the end of his rookie deal, but it has happened before. So we did a little bit of case study, kind of came up with some things, uh, some some draft value that we might be able to get for Chase Young, and then we went ahead and did a mock draft. In response to that mock draft, Michael Robertson, in the YouTube comments of that episode, came through and basically said... No linebackers available at your pick positions, question mark. So basically just asking me why I did not take any linebackers in this mock draft following the trade of Chase Young. So to recap kind of the picks that we did make, we got offensive tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. We got Northwestern edge out of Tommy Watt, out of Barre. We got Illinois safety, Sidney Brown. We got Zach Evans running back out of Ole Miss. And then we got center Ola Shagun, Ola out of Michigan uh, with the final pick we didn't go through all seven rounds we went through the top four rounds ended up with five picks in those four rounds i got some some pretty good pretty good guys to be quite honest with you i think even olushago and out of michigan the interior offensive lineman center maybe you cross train him to be a guard uh, you got nick gates in there so you got some position versatility i liked the class some of you even liked the class and i appreciated that as well but michael did ask why no linebackers why didn't we get a linebacker in this mock so Going through my notes from this mock draft. Yes, Michael, there were linebackers available at each pick. They were at the number 24 overall pick. So we we traded at 16. We went back. We dropped down to number 24. Some of you like that trade. Some of you do not like that trade. That's OK. But we traded back to number 24. Uh, the best linebacker available at that pick was Washington State linebacker Dayon Henley. Number 47, Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders. Number 56, Clemson linebacker Trenton Simpson. Number 122, Oregon linebacker, Noah Sewell. And at 125, uh, just a few picks later, Indiana linebacker, Cam Jones, who's not on the picture. Again, number 122, number 125, very, very close. So if we're going to take a linebacker, if Noah Sewell is good enough to trump anybody else at 122, certainly good enough uh, to trump anybody at 125. So those were the linebackers that were available. Now let's kind of go through this uh, as we look back at that mock draft and, and let's talk about why we didn't go. Linebacker here. So I'm gonna tell you first and foremost, up front, uh what we saw in 2022 from Jack Del Rio's defense to me looks like these indication and signal that linebacker is just not gonna be considered as important or as critical of a position for this Washington commanders defense. And maybe some of us thought that it might be Jamin Davis coming in as a first-round draft pick. I think pretty much everybody expected him to uh, if not right away, eventually become the starting Mike linebacker. That didn't really come to fruition. You end up with Cole Holcomb out there. Now he gets injured. And an interesting thing that happened is when he got injured, they neither shifted Jamin Davis really to like that full-time Mike position or really fully dedicated to like a next man up mentality. They really just kind of shifted their entire scheme and said, you know what, we're really not going to lean on an extra linebacker. We're just going to lean on even more DBs. That's where you kind of saw the rise of Derek Forrest. Bobby McCain eventually drops down kind of into the box as a nickelback, like just a lot of different things that the Washington Bears did defensively instead of relying on yet another linebacker. And I just think that, from the success that they were able to have from that, that kind of seems to be the direction that they're just going to keep on going. And so the devaluation of the linebacker position in this defense last season kind of leads me to a little bit of devaluation personally of where I think the commanders could go uh, in this case. Now, me personally, I still love linebackers. Uh, I'm a 3-4 guy at heart, which means I love two off-ball linebackers on my defense, but this is not a 3-4 traditional base defense. It's more of a 4-3. They have some five-man fronts. Uh, a lot of DBs, a lot of kind of hybrid linebacker uh, DB types, which Sidney Brown kind of fits that bill a little bit more, you know, more DB than he is linebacker, but still a little bit uh, of that big nickel uh, type of player. So that's one reason. But you look at, you go down the list here. Dayon Henley, very solid player out of Washington State. Do we take him over off ta- offensive tackle, Anton Harrison? I don't think you can. Charles Lone Jr., good, consistent, reliable, uh, not great all the time, but definitely serviceable in the, in the league uh, of left tackles. Anton Harris, more of a right tackle type of guy, but you bring in some competition, you bring in some guys to develop on this offensive line. We've seen this line get way too thin, way too often. I think if you have a guy like this available, you have to pull the trigger on doing that. Round two, we go at uh, a Tommy Atabari instead of Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Now, look, if at a Atabari out of Northwestern is not on the board, then yeah, I think you really do significantly consider Drew Sanders because Drew Sanders is certainly one of my favorite off-ball linebackers in this class, but in my mock added Tommy Barry out of Northwestern is there so I go him over Drew Sanders remember we just traded Chase Chase Young in this mock you know scenario and so we're looking for a full-time replacement do we think James Smith Williams is a full-time guy Casey Tuhill uh, I I want to say fell off but I think kind of didn't do as well as maybe we kind of hoped last season uh in in some rotational spots so I like James Smith Williams but I do also like the idea of kind of resetting that position with a rookie contract bring him in, and maybe if we had the best out of him here too, we've got a very, very dynamic combination of Tommy Adabari and Montez Sweat playing along with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. By the time Adabari gets to the end of his rookie deal, some of those veteran deals are already coming to roost. Now we can make some decisions on who we want to re-sign, which ones we need to keep uh, moving into the next phase of our franchise success. Sydney Brown, that's probably where I look at possibly going linebacker here is Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, perhaps over Sydney Brown. Uh, excellent linebacker prospect, six two two thirty five, 235 experience starting inside and outside. More of a weak side linebacker, though, than Mike. We kind of already have that with Jamin Davis, so I still don't know if you go there. Plus, I think at the end of it, when you're looking towards the fifth round of this mock, we still had guys like Henry To'oto out of Alabama, Ventrell Miller out of Florida, Mahmoud Diabate out of Utah, and Servastie Dennis out of Pitt. There's a lot of good off-ball linebackers. You still get there. Pair them with Cody Barton, put them behind there with David Mayo as a mentor jamon davis do all these things see him develop over the next year or two maybe into uh, a starting quarterback so or a linebacker sorry um something that uh the the washington commanders will certainly love about simpson his father's an army ranger you know you know the washington commanders love their military connections so getting an army ranger's son uh there and look and and simpson's been compared to jeremiah wusu koromo linebacker out of notre dame that end up going to the cleveland browns i really liked jok coming out of college would have liked to see uh, them go after him uh, as well. So certainly some there's some some validity to potentially going linebacker in one of those spots. I'm not going to say that there's not, but just kind of giving you some reasons why I chose in my mock to not go that way. And honestly, at this point in time, I can't look here and say that I would I would take any of the guys that we got on the board off the board in order to get one of these linebackers. Now, free agency is not done yet. Anything happens. So if somebody comes in, then we could always revisit that conversation. We'll continue to mock draft Monday. Another one is coming right uh, around the corner so kicking into the weekend with four potential kickers that the washington commanders could bring in as competition for joey slide that's next on today's episode of locked on commanders this live episode of locked on commanders brought to you by fanduel america's number one sportsbook the ncaa men's tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sportsbook because new customers you get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars and bonus bets if your first bet doesn't pan out just download the fan sports app it's safe secure and super easy to use and then you can bet on anything from the money line to points scored two threes drained wrapping up the men's sweet 16 friday night today is friday as this live is firing off friday night we got number one seed alabama seven and a half point favorites over number five san diego state fellow number one seed houston is also seven to five seven and a half point favorites over another number five seed miami number six creighton is ten and a half point favorites to beat princeton Looks like Princeton's time uh, at the dance could be up. And number two, Texas is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite to beat number three, Xavier. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official official sports betting partner of the National Football League. All right, guys, back to wrap up this live episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, a mailbag, our first mailbag uh, episode here. Appreciate all of you who reached out, sent in messages, didn't get all the messages in, all the questions in, uh, but we will get more and we will do more of these as well. So please keep sending them in, keep interacting, and we will continue uh, to turn these out. Joey Sly hasn't been perfect as a kicker for the Washington Commanders, but he hasn't been the worst kicker in the National Football League either. Still, Washington Commanders should absolutely be looking to bring competition in. and Jay wants to know who that competition could be. So on Twitter, via Twitter, at jlord09 in the DMs, says the DM, Jay said, quote, I'm a huge fan of your show for your mailbag episode. Who else can we bring in to kick field goals? Thanks, and I thank you, Jay. And so I went diving in. Um, look, I'll, I'll say this. I, I like Joey Sly. I think what he brings, I think I like what he brings. I think uh, he had some more consistent spots than others, right? It was. It was kind of ironic, the... Uh, what perfect month of November? And then he gets a special teams player of the month and and just kind of I want to say fell apart completely, but I mean it wasn't great, right? And that's kind of where this question comes from. So who's out there on the market that the Washington players could potentially look at to bring in as competition for old Joey Sly? So we've got two veteran options and we've got two options diving into the NFL draft. Obviously, kickers you're usually looking, you know, you want kind of late round guys, uh, maybe a fifth rounder if you have an extra fifth in your pocket, but Typically, you're looking at sixth or seventh round draft picks, but Mason Crosby is an interesting one, uh, the free a, free agent out of the Green Bay Packers. And, and I'm going to say this because this is Mason Crosby. Um, at the time that we went live, Mason Crosby was a free agent because I can't imagine this dude is just going to go unemployed. My understanding of the situation is that Mason continues. He still wants to play. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, certainly in some of the con- conversations they've had and the comments they've made in the open market, like they seemed like they want to bring him back. The question, as always, is money. And I can't imagine anything when Mason's going to happen until everything happens with Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the fallout of all that and how much money is going to be left on the Packers books and all this other stuff. So Mason Crosby, look, if he's available, you bring him in. And is that really competition for Joey or is Joey now competition for Mason? I mean, Mason Crosby has been one of the best kickers in the National Football League for a long time and doing it in one of the most uh, hazardous environments to do it in uh, on top of that. Another free agent option, Zane Gonzalez. And yes, guys, he is a former... Carolina Panther but he's not one of those former Carolina Panthers wasn't there when Ron Rivera was there so that's just kind of a happy coincidence look full disclosure I don't know if you guys see the the hoodie that I'm wearing uh today it's an Arizona State hoodie that's my alma mater that's the that's the school uh that I love the most Zane Gonzalez is an Arizona State product that is not why I have him on the list um look Zane's been injured uh, a few times in his career and oftentimes those injuries have derailed kind of his tenure with Uh, other teams but when he is healthy i feel like he has been a very solid kicker if he can get some consistency get his foot on solid ground uh potentially turn into somebody who could be a long-term option potentially for an nfl team so zane gonzalez and joey slide that would be a legitimate competition like who's going to be uh the guy that comes out on top of that one that would be a very interesting uh battle to kind of take a look at looking at the draft you've got two kickers here maryland's chad ryland uh, the lower ranked of the of the two kickers here on the list, but again, maybe a sixth round type of pick uh, that you bring in a guy that look you might be able to stash on your practice squad. You know what I mean? I don't know, but kickers kind of a hot commodity. So if he has a really good preseason and shows some some leg in front of people and in front of the television cameras, uh, he may get swooped off of that practice squad. But maybe you know you bring him in and again. Competition. Joey Sly comes in as the leader in the clubhouse, but if Chad Ryland can do enough to kind of unseat him, then perhaps you see that change. Happen, and then you have Jake Moody out of Michigan, who, according to some people, is the top-ranked kicker in this year's NFL draft class. Uh, again, out of Michigan, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I don't scout kickers. Okay, I don't. There, there is a process there, and I did listen to uh, some episodes of of some good, like Roberto Aguayo was on there, kind of talking about his struggles and everything that he went through, and some of the things that Dustin Hopkins was doing. Uh, you guys are familiar with him. Like, there's definitely more into being an NFL kicker than I am aware of. But I can't tell you that I sat down and watched Jake Moody's tape uh from his time in Michigan and here's why and here's the you know the leg swing angle and and all these other things. I wish I could, uh but I simply can't. So, but going off the the like the PFF rankings and and other guys who do this kind of stuff on a regular basis, uh Jake Moody the highest ranked uh kicker in this year's NFL draft class. So if you're looking for competition there, then either of those two guys draft pick and you're gonna spend draft capital, but. That's that's kind of where you want to spend your six-round pick. Like If you're going to spend a six-round pick, you do it on a guy that's probably a developmental guy. Bring him in. He'll compete for a spot eventually, but not necessarily right away. Or you go all out and you go the veteran route. Look, Mason Crosby, I mean, if there's a kicker out there that's a free agent that can make some noise for a fan base, uh, Mason Crosby might just be it. So great question there from Jay. Absolutely. Joey Slash should have some competition in camp this year. Competition is great for everybody, uh, but especially when you're a player at a position, you've kind of proven that you can have hot and cold streaks. Let's see if we can bring a guy in uh, that only has hot streaks. So I appreciate that question. Appreciate all the questions submitted. Uh, Try to hit a few of avenues. We went to Twitter. We went to the YouTube comment section. We went to the email box. Um, again, we got more. We got some more on Twitter. Some more in the email boxes. Appreciate all of you guys for submitting. Um, I haven't deleted them. I've got them saved. You know what I mean? They're they're in the they're in the uh, the inbox. They're waiting for the next mailbag episode. Want to try to do these on Wednesdays, Wednesday afternoons. So if you guys want to be a part of it, uh, if you enjoyed it, please submit your questions in any of a multitude uh, of ways, including starting today on Friday, a program called Subtext, where you and I uh, can converse back and forth. You'll get access to me like nobody else does uh, beyond this program, beyond what happens on Locked On Commanders. If you want to check it out, you get two weeks free Just look for the subtext link down in the show description of this very broadcast or text HTTC to 202-760-2644. Again, 202-760-2644. Just text HTTC and hit me up in the text box. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first watch or your first listen of the day. Now make your second, the Locked On NFL scouting show with the draft dudes from free agency to draft, salary cap management, and more. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise part of locked on podcast network your team every day I will be back on Monday with mock draft Monday we've got some listener submissions uh, mock draft submissions that we need to go over so we're gonna hit those as well and we're gonna check in with Damien and Keith from over at locked on NFL draft as well if you want to get in on the fun send me your mock drafts via email at locked on commanders at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, either at the LO Commanders or at my personal Harrison 82 DMs, both of which are open, or text me your mock draft, screenshot it, and shoot it over to me on a text. Again, that's 202 760 2644. I've got some interesting things coming up for those of you who join the subtext. Uh, again, some content that nobody else is going to have access to. So join me over there uh, when you are ready. Signing off today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated. Fan nation. Find me here, find me there, or find me on Twitter at d Harrison82. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, especially this weekend, the weather is getting nicer. But guys, don't take take advantage of it, but don't take too much of advantage. Still be, be safe. Keep your head on a swivel. Be kind to one another. And I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.